My felicitations, dear listener. Welcome to our Mystica Podcast. A podcast that contains the codex of the universe and the convenience of your vestibules through sound wave format technology. Today on the podcast, we have my good friend and roommate in college, Derek Hales, whom I have dutifully dubbed the Mattress Master for his technique and skills at advertising and reviewing mattresses. But it's a really good conversation I had with him. We get into the struggles of advertising and the idea of too much fame or too little fame. And one spiritual dream he had that changed his life forever. So you're going to want to listen to that. But before that conversation happens, let me give you a quick context of the set and setting of this particular era. It was the double O's, the aughts, upward in the late 08-09 era. World of Warcraft was still kind of popular, and in fact it was at its peak, Wrath of the Lich King, where people like Athene, the so-called greatest paladin of the world. This is uh, Athene. I'm uh, Athene from Memories, best paladin of the server, uh, battle group, but also the world would make videos of being the greatest paladin in the world. Did you, my reflexes are crazy. The speed I dispel. If someone gets cheated, you don't even notice he gets cheated because I dispel him so fast. And also strangely made a video about quantum physics and consciousness. While it keeps clear of metaphysical correlations and is solely focused on scientifically verifiable data, it also has philosophical repercussions pertaining to life, death, and the origin of the universe. I was rooming with my friends Derek and Matthew, and they would play World of Warcraft most of the day, and I also did that, because that's what we did in between our schooling. But was I really schooling, or was I doing something different because of the overwhelming pressure the idea of programming as a job, grinding the, the desolate gears of the machine. I don't know if I wanted to do that, so instead I dropped out quickly without telling anyone and just went to the gym all day and listened to folk metal. And I would listen and run, and that's it. I wouldn't lift any weights, barely. I would just run and I would feel blood coming up through my esophagus and that's when I realized I probably should stop running right now. It's probably too much. And the meandering continued. However, Derek was doing something far more productive in his life, starting up in the Smolderthorn server of World of Warcraft, the Zug gaming era, where he was known as the troll Zuggy who was highly skilled and highly proficient in terms of gold farming. And he would sell guides and books and all kinds of cool content on his website on Zug Gaming. And so let's get into a little bit more detail about this interesting story that unfolds in a magnanimously unknown way right now. So I, we, were, we were at the, the Jardine Apartments, and I was doing programming, and we are rooming with uh, Matt Page. And we were the playing, legend. The, the legend Matt Page could throw a fastball at like over 100 miles per hour or something. I don't know what he's doing <laughs> now. I, he's, he has the family life too. But um, uh, So w- when I was there, uh, like – my first day of class, I don't know what came over me, but I just like stop. I'm I'm sure you suspected me at several points, but I just kind of like stopped going to those classes after a week or two, the programming classes, because I was so overwhelmed 
Yeah, with yeah, I think the overwhelmed <laughs> is the right word. Like it, it seemed. I mean, the stuff you'd bring home, I would like look at it. I'm like, oh god, that looks horrific. It was and, uh, horrifying. It was a horrible. Like they they jumped me into that class and. Um, they just assumed that you would know that you would have like the basic fundamentals of programming when you get there. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, the, you know the syntax here. The uh, you uh, do the function. And of course, you'll get it. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll all get it." And it's like huge classes at K State. Like I don't know how many people. So I, I just would like wake up every day and I'd be like, "I don't want to go to class," and I just sit in my room and I play WoW or I, I guess eventually I played. I was playing Warhammer. That MMO yeah. warrior, <laughs> I wouldn't leave my room, and then you would like kind of knock on the door, and you'd be like, "Hey," or no, you wouldn't knock on the door, but I would like leave later to <laughs> to like go to the gym every every day. And you'd be like, "Hey, uh, so uh, don't you have to go to your class?" You'd like ask me, "Don't you have to go to your <laughs> classes, Jared?" And I'm like, uh, no, I just lied to you. I just like boldface lied to you. And I was like, no, nah, you know, I, I can take them online. I, th- I, guess I, I think I can just take them online. And you're like, oh, okay. And I- <laughs> yeah. I mean, programming classes, gosh, I didn't take any in high in college, but I took a few in high school. And even those in high school were kind of like that. Like I took uh, Visual Basic and JavaScript and like the teacher just sorts of expects you to know what's going on week one i'm like god you just need to expect that i know nothing and yeah that'd be a good that'd be a good place to start that would have been that would have been an awesome place to start because i still don't quite i'm sort of grasping programming now like because i'm i'm just doing it as like a hobby now because i know it's not going to be the thing that creates wealth in the in the immediate future so i'm like just kind of like grasping the basics while i'm doing a game maker and stuff and i still don't i can't i can't i can't get it i, I don't it, it it's it's a it's a weird skill that it's like a magician trick that some people can know how to do that but um so i would i would go to the gym every day and just like listen to folk metal music then come home i don't know meander around and just play warhammer and i remember doing um <laughs> yeah i remember like thinking, I, I I still don't know what I want to do with my life because I it doesn't seem to be programming. I don't think I can do that. And so I was like reading. Do you know um Jim Cramer from Mad Money? Yeah, yeah. I was like reading one of his books about like stock markets. And so during that, during that, I was in my room like looking at what was it, uh, the CNBC, whatever that financial channel. Where they yep. just talk yep. about stocks all the time. I'm like, hey, maybe that'll free me from the burden of work if I just like <laughs> learned how to play with the stocks. I like bought stock in Blizzard and then lost like a hundred dollars of it or something. Got I don't know. I've like made some and then lose some. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I can do stocks either. I don't think I can do that. That's a whole skill set. That's even harder than programming. It seemed. As a whole skill set into itself. Uh, that's interesting. You know, around that same time, I also started like buying stocks, but I only ever think I bought one stock. I opened an account on E-Trade, and then I bought E-Trade stock. <laughs> it, was, it was like the Spider-Man meme. I, uh, but I actually made a decent amount of money off it. Like I, I, I don't know, bought at the beginning of the semester, sold at the summer, you know, made a few hundred dollars. So but that, I didn't, I didn't he, take it much further. Yeah, it's it's I don't know it's kind of, it's super risky. But it, the cool thing was that during that time, K State, you were doing uh, I believe you were doing marketing and stuff, right? You were like learning that, and you were doing it at the same time, right? You were doing uh, yeah. Can you tell uh, a little bit about like the Zug gaming thing and like how I don't really know how successful you were in that. It seemed like you were pretty popular and you're making a lot of money with it. Yeah, no Zug gaming so. Was uh, was a website that I built in college. Uh, not my first website. I started sort of building, you know, websites trying to make money with advertising and other stuff online in uh, 2004, 2005 ish. So I'm in high school. And then by the time I was in college, you know, I was looking <laughs> kind of like yourself, didn't want to have to, you know, grind out a job anywhere. So I was looking for yeah. other ways to try to kind of make it. And so um, I saw these, you know, guys making money selling. Uh, gold guides in, in World of Warcraft, and I already knew kind of a lot about that, so threw up my own website and created kind of this companion blog where I talked about, you know, 
PVP and raiding and raid boss guides. And um, at the time, it's stuff that's like really common and available everywhere in video and contextual form and every other form today. But uh, it was, you know, pretty uncommon then. Um, you know, there were others doing it, but not nearly at the scale um, or not nearly as kind of like professional of like a yeah. gaming content creation industry. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, the, the site did really well. I mean, I was making, you know, 50, 60K a year just sort of, you know, working on this blog and website and gold guide and, you know, oh, enough dear. to kind of put me put me through school and make a little bit of money and kind of come out of school without uh, without too many student loans. You had, like, e-fame pretty much. I, I'm pretty sure you had a little bit of e-fame there. People, like, in the servers, they would know who you were. Yeah, so a, little, you... a, little, a little bit, which is... <laughs> Still kind of weird. Even today, gosh, I mean, one of my dad's coworkers yeah. um, somehow stumbled across it and asked me if, like, if that was me, and so that was a very <laughs> surreal experience as well. It's yeah, because I had, I don't know, I released a video once on Warcraft movies that I guess it did pretty all right, not not really that great, you know, it didn't hit a million views or anything. It was just like two hundred thousand views. And then from that point, I like I experienced that like slight, probably not as much as Zuggy and Zug Gaming. I don't think because that was more prevalent. But like people would know my name, like Rock Zulu or um, Rock Chant or something like that. And I remember playing Warcraft three with my friends, and some person was like, "Is this the Rock Zulu? <laughs> the Rock Zulu from the War, the Warcraft Hunter?" And I was like, "Wow, it's it's such a good." Isn't it? It just feels good when you get recognized. But that was it. That was the extent. Oh um, yeah, no, it yeah. definitely does. It's I can't imagine what it is to today. Like for like the like mega you know Twitch stars and streamers. Oh my God, yeah. Um, it's just gotta be. I imagine it reached the point where it's no longer like, oh, that's cool. To like, oh God, this is so annoying. I can't you know go out. Can't do these things. Oh yeah. Now. Every once in a while, you'll see like a big streamer like an Asmund Gold. You know, try to play on a new WoW server. It's just. He's inundated 24-7 with people sort of following him around and That's right. talking to him and stuff. So it's got to be, uh, you know, a sword that cut both ways for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. There's a, I remember this person, a comedian. He's an artist. His name is uh, Raman Nazir or something. And he had, he just like put out a tweet that was like, I have the perfect level of fame. Not too hot, not too cold. It's like the Goldilocks zone of you because you if you're doing marketing and stuff right i want to talk about more of that because you did you didn't do just zug gaming but like if you're doing marketing and stuff and i was reading this book called crushing it by uh gary vaynerchuk and stuff like i never listened to before because i was too afraid to put myself out there and things like this it's like you you need a level of fame you need a level of uh, uh, audience to attract to your um, website or whatever so that you can make it without having to grind a menial job which which I'm doing right now but in order to so I don't know what do you, what do you say about that like what do you think like maybe like it, it does seem like if you have if you go you know millions and millions of viewers or whatever i don't know maybe you're doing yeah. too much work and you're right maybe it would just suck it would just be like oh i, I want some anonymity here i want some i yeah. want a level of an anonymous nature when i'm going outside just like looking at trees and buildings and stuff i don't want people running into me yeah and uh you know like saying hello but or whatever yeah it's one thing to get recognized sort of like in a video game sort of in you know that world that you created um but it uh, very different, I think, to be recognized sort of outside that, especially if you got to the point of almost like, you know, harassment or an annoyance. So, yeah, it's I think it's with with any sort of, you know, type of business where you're trying to kind of, you know, make it online, whether it's, you know, advertising or streaming or, you know, blogging, Twitch, whatever it is, it's a battle for attention, really. And so you're you're trying to get this attention yeah. because the attention is ultimately what you're able to monetize regardless of the industry and right. in the process of gaining the attention for yourself so that you can you know sort of you know be able to step off the uh you know the corporate treadmill you yeah. create these other sort of um uncommon problems for yourself i think yeah and that see that's what i've always 
Ah, uh, it's just like such a suck it like a black hole sucking yeah. kind of feeling for me. Where in I basically just like didn't do anything. I you know after I left the Jardine Apartments in K State, my my dad apparently said he he lost his job um, for some reason or other. So I went moved back with my uh, parents, and then I got an apartment because I had a little bit of an inheritance money that I was just kind of living off of just just free riding off of that sweet roller coaster ride where i was just kind of smoking weed all day and watching documentaries and getting into like spiritual books and like philosophy you know something like stoicism and and i was like reading all this and it it always it always takes the other perspective It, it it always recognizes that idea of like oh you know putting yourself out there and fame and stuff that's all pointless and useless you should just uh you know live your life and not worry about that stuff for the most part not i mean there's more about there's more balanced approach but what it did for me is it like kind of just made me withdraw even further into my own self where i learned quite a bit you know about like how to relieve anxiety and uh, you know, like how to interact with people better. Like, I wasn't social at all when, you know, I was barely social uh, prior to learning about whatever, the the deeper philosophies and stuff. But what it didn't do for me, it was like, you're still living in a material world. Like you're still, like you said, you're going to want to get off that corporate treadmill and make your own way and... Uh, you you did that early on, like you were doing that right away, which I thought was I was super jealous. I mean, I was super jealous of how like you had you you were doing Zug gaming right off the get go. That was something I should have done. Um, no, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, you had you had the, the skills and the knowledge, um, like on the gaming side for sure. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think part of it's just sort of you know good luck and timing, and part of it's. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Might be there. Probably a, a personality, you know, defect that you know yeah. creates this. You know, I don't know. I've always been someone that just like has to kind of like be doing something. That well, have, uh, yeah, that's a cool trait to have because I used to be a person that had to do nothing. Like I wanted to do nothing. I just wanted to play. You know, I wanted to play video games and not record myself. I wanted to like. Uh, just sit by a tree and just like sit there for hours and close my eyes and just like visualize dreamy worlds and stuff like that. Just visualize the perfect world and not actually act upon doing so and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But for for you, I wanted to say like you, um, what 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 did you do after Zug Gaming? Because I think it was more popular. Right? It was a, more lucrative. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. Yeah. Well, so after. Like gaming, so I mean, like like yourself, I think you and I were both, you know, if if not, you know, clinically addicted to sort of like video games, certainly playing enough <laughs> that uh, it was a problem. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, by the end of college, you know, I had, you know, recognized it, was ready, like, all right, I need to like try and stop this. So it was, it was kind of a weird time because, you know, mm-hmm. I knew I needed to like cut like down the amount of games I was playing and sort of like engage in some of these other things that I was ignoring. But it was also my job. And so ultimately I felt that just for like the sake of sort of my health and like development as a person, like I just had to stop playing games for a period of time. So yeah, I, uh, how did you get like, did, was there anyone that told you there, was there any like person on YouTube or was this like a decision you recognized from your environment? Like you made it for yourself, you know, as, as early as probably like my junior year in, high school my parents were like really starting to you know get on me about like you're playing too much you need to uh. stop and so they were kind of on me but they got very much less on my case as soon as i informed them the amount of money i was making on, wow. on like, gaming and yeah. so it was this that's awesome it was idea. a very it was a very surreal experience like oh they don't want me to do this all right well i'm gonna turn it into a business and then they're just gonna have to leave me alone sort of thing um, yeah and so because they an, recognized it. Yeah, yeah. sorry. No, sorry. Go ahead. They, they recognized it, you know, kind of early on as something that could be a problem. And then so it was always kind of in the back of my head. So um, 
you know, by the time, you know, I was ready to graduate in, in 2010, I was like, all right, I'm about to start, you know, work in a new life in a new city and all these things. And I just, I got to stop. So I just kind of let the site, um, you know, kind of slowly dry up. I, I, I did a few things in the kind of like a couple of years, you know, from 2010 to 2012 to kind of help keep it moving along. But I wasn't adding, you know, significant new content to it. So I think with any sort of, you know, website like that, you have to, you have to be engaged. You have to be like always adding, always researching, always doing, you know, new stuff to keep it growing and moving along. And so it's, uh, it just slowly kind of ground to a halt. And uh, yeah. that was, it was, it was sad, but it was also, you know, it was okay. I mean, post college, I started sort of, you know, sort of you know, quote a proper career where I <laughs> I went and worked for a uh, a big uh, digital marketing marketing agency called iCrossing where I did uh, search engine optimization strategy right. for these big big brands and Fortune 100 type clients Coca Cola um, major sort of like telecommunications and financial institutions in the United States so it was like a a totally different world so I'm using. <laughs> Yeah. All of these sort of, you know, skills and, and knowledge and things that I learned while creating websites for, for video games um, to try to help these huge corporate entities. So it was a departure for sure from what I knew, but I, I also was able to, to learn a lot, not about just, you know, the, the sort of enterprise level industry, but um, also just, I think, how to, how to work in that environment and and different skill sets that I gained with yeah. you know, communication so, and presentation and all so, of these uh, so more I'm, corporate knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. What, so what are you, is your current endeavor right now? Because I'm, I'm not too certain. So post uh, iCrossing, you know, I, I started doing stuff in the, the sleep industry where I was uh, reviewing mattresses, testing mattresses, and other sleep products yeah, for, yeah, that's for a right. website that I created called Sleepopolis. So I ran that site for three years before selling it. Um, I started uh, a new website after that called Modern Castle, which I which I still have. Which Modern Castle was doing sort of a broader range of product reviews, kind of all things home. And then about uh, fourteen months ago, then I started a new sleep website called Nap Lab, where um, similar to, to Sleepopolis, you know, we're focused on sleep and mattresses and, and testing those products and. Um, really whether it's sort of nap lab or modern castle, just trying to create, you know, content and reviews that help consumers okay. know, just answer the questions they have yeah. about these products and ultimately make more informed purchasing decisions. Okay. So perfect. So this is awesome. Like, so I saw your videos and like, you're doing like how for me, when I look at Matt, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm different, but when I look at mattresses, I get kind of bored. Like if I if I walk into a, a mattress store, I'll be like, oh god, like I don't want to think about mattresses. But you, I don't know, you had this. How do you make it exciting? Like how do you make mattresses exciting? I know you had one like video. It was like a you did like choreographing and dancing and all this stuff. That that yeah. was insane. Like what did that work? Was that viable? No, no. No, I mean, it was fun to create, but, you know, it's it's interesting. Nobody wants to see the sort of, like, creative, memeable, funny, <laughs> viral-esque moments. So I enjoy creating them every once in a while more for myself and my team to kind of do something oh, fun, yeah. and, fun and different. But, uh, you know, they, they don't tend to do really well. It's it's interesting. Damn. It's uh, You know, and a lot of sort of, you know, YouTubers and Twitch stars, they have this sort of, you know following this like cult of personality yeah. that builds up over time which you know i we have some of that but to a large degree you know our audience are they're, they're not interested in, in engaging in sort of an, an entertainment way they're not coming back you know time for time they need a new mattress they need a new vacuum they need a new air purifier gotcha. they come in they read everything i've done they see my videos uh they make a decision and then they move on and hopefully they file me away for the next time they need to make a decision right. but it's really hard to build, you know, subscribers and a following in industries, which to, to your accurate assessment are kind of boring, you know, it's, yeah, that's it's not the most, say. the most fun uh, or exciting of industries. Dang. Oh man. Because you, you, you were trying to make it, that's the thing. Like you were trying to make it fun. I don't know what, um, so I do that sometimes with my writing or something like I'm writing now, like a, a blog 
And it's just so boring. It's just like, oh, I'm educating people on whatever, how to self-improvement, basically. And I'm like, how can I make this funny? And it, and so if I want to make it, it's just as you said, like, oh, if I try to make it funny, well, then is that going to just like lower my reputation with, you know, the self-improve, the people that want to look at my stuff or the idea of uh, meditation or spirituality and stuff? Are, are they just going to like look at that and be like, oh, he made a joke there. Like, yeah. can I really listen to this guy? Like, is that going to move all my subscribers away from me it really sucks because i want to blend all of this stuff together but um what what people the business people so far i've talked to like two or three of them now i bet um they're always like yeah but you gotta have like a you, you can't just do that you can't just get everyone on your side that's impossible it never works and, and it probably never will work because you have to have like a target demographic you have to have you can't be all stylish and even though what you did was amazing, like with the, you were learning, da I, I think you said you were like learning dancing and stuff. Like you had, it, it was a whole thing for you. And that was probably <laughs> fun to do something different. And it, yeah. and it sucks that why wouldn't that do well? Like why, why do other people? And I know, um, I don't know. There's some people like some YouTubers. Uh, I always liked them because they would make fun of, that whole idea of advertising they would be like you know like those really corny ads on television they're like i don't know like just some typical announcer saying oh zero percent apr financing right now at the the mega store go to the mega store and they would kind of like make fun of that advertising but at the same time they would still be doing that kind of advertising they would still have to be doing it they would still have to be selling their shirts they would have to be um because th that's the society we live in so it's like um do it is it is it riskier to make it more exciting like can we make it better or do we have to or is it just easier and safer to just like stick with what's been yeah. working for for millennia i don't know what, what, what would you uh, say? i mean it's, it's tough to say i mean i have such a you know relatively narrow view um you know all the sort of industries i do are kind of intentionally boring i've kind of sort of <laughs> chosen boring things because uh i mean they're, they're just kind of less competitive if i could just be honest um yeah and so there's not a million people out there trying to you know do mattress reviews but there, right. there are a million people trying to do you know video game streaming like that's exactly. fun and exciting everybody wants to do it nobody wants to do mattresses so that's okay um no, that so I, I, yeah, that reminds me of a quote. Like you know, there's always um, people that say, "Follow your passion, follow your passion." You know, like always follow your passion, whatever it is. Do you like video games? Then play video games. And I, you know, like this audiobook I read was just like, well, now people can actually make money doing video games and stuff. But there's another perspective that doesn't get talked about, mostly in like the spiritual or philosophical community. Maybe more the spiritual community, I would say. Is that um, what was that one guy from Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe? He said, "Don't follow your passion." He said, "Don't follow your passion." This is, he would say, "Follow opportunity," which is exactly what you're saying. Like, there's an opportunity in mattresses. Why would you not go for the the easy route? Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes your passions and opportunity can overlap, like they did for myself and. In high school, you know, being able to build uh, gaming, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, in, in general, I agree with that um, because the danger of, of sort of following your passions in an occupational capacity, you end up in this area where you, you don't love your passion anymore. You're so burned out on it because it's your job Whoa. and you spend so much time doing it. And that was certainly my experience. You know, I yeah. got to the end of sort of the, my website was uh, gaming. I was just like, I, I. I need to keep making money but if i continue to do this it's just gonna you know crush me so i had to just sort of be able to walk away yeah definitely like recognizing that is important too because people just like deteriorate in health and kill themselves over not walking away and at the and at the same uh time like the following your passion i suppose it, it always seems like, wow, that's a great idea because then you'll always be – every morning you wake up, you'll be like, yay, I get to play video games for a living. But even playing video games, I hear, would 
has its like detriments. Like you get bored, you're you're staring at a screen eight hours a day. You have to put on a show. You so you always have to be performing yeah. or something. Like if you work with mattresses, you're good. You just it's like a steady job. You're you know what you're <laughs> doing. You know where where everything fits. You know everything fits and aligns. And then you have your rest and relaxation time, which is totally personal and it can be whatever it wants to be. We're in. If you have to do eight hours of video games all day, then like how then you don't have time to play the video games you want to play and stuff like that. But I don't know because I'm I'm actually trying to live stream right now just because I I don't know. It's just something I want to see how far I can take it. Like see how many followers I can get because it's fun, I guess. But I don't expect anything from it. Um, yeah. I don't know, because it's like you said, how many stream... There's millions, millions of people. It's such a... It's like playing the lottery, almost, to even yeah. endeavor that. Um, I, mean, I think I think that's a good way to think about it, and that's that's certainly how I've thought about sort of, you know, each of my businesses. They didn't... I didn't have some grand vision. I had no expectation for what Zuck Gaming was going to do, what Sleepopolis was going to do. I was just like, oh, I did a lot of research in the last, you know couple of months on mattresses i'm gonna throw up just like a quick blog with you know 10 pages and some reviews and comparisons and it would just be fun honestly i just yeah. wanted to sort of like sharpen my skills because it had been a, a couple of years since i built the website it's like oh let's let's build this website it'd be a good chance to like again sharpen the skills do something kind yeah. of fun on the weekend and it just kind of blew up under me and so gaming kind of the same way it was it was just something fun to do that but well, that's Back then, I mean, yeah, I really hadn't built the website from the ground up before, and so it was just a chance to do something new, see if I could make something out of it. So, yeah, I would definitely encourage you just... Yeah, that's all. No, there's Great. there's yeah. no harm, a harm in, in right trying, just trying to, like, the, almost like the lower your expectations are, the better your chance of success, because you don't have all of these, like, mental hurdles and blocks. Exactly, you just, yes. You just have a, a, a fun idea. And if it is only something you do for fun and you had fun doing it then like whether or not it makes you know any significant amount of money you know you did it because you you enjoyed it yeah yeah that's so that's exactly because i otherwise like so i'm doing this in my free time whatever my business website podcasting all this kind of stuff social media otherwise i would just be i don't know playing video games sitting you know reading a book or or whatever nothing different like it wouldn't be anything uh, uh, more fun than what I'm doing now, and this has the opportunity with it. So it's more exciting because it has the potential, like you said. It just blow. It might blow up underneath me. But um, so, but now I want to get into some. Uh, so let's get into more like self actualization and stuff. I don't know what your process is like. What kind of philosophies you're into, or any at all. It doesn't. You don't even have to be into one. Or have, have you ever had any, like, psychedelic experiences or any, like, really wild dreams or anything like that that kind of, like, shifted your life slightly or write any book or anything like that? Psychedelic experience, no. I've had some some crazy dreams, but I'm not sure I would say that, they dramatically that. shifted my, my life in any sort of meaningful way. Well, who cares? Um, like, what are those – dreams are interesting. What What interesting dream have you had – before that it's so memorable i think the the dream that really sort of comes to mind for me is sort of like the dreams i kind of started having um in the final semester of college which um you know sort of my last semester of college i had applied to a, a marketing agency in kansas city yeah. um did the interview process got an offer it was going to make making good money coming right out of school it was like a no-brainer so i was going to move to kansas city and sort of you know and then in the months prior to graduation i started having these these dreams of just sort of other places dreams that sort of like i could see myself somewhere other than kansas city somewhere like not with my family somewhere alone i just the, the sensation and this feeling that like i was supposed to yeah. basically move my life elsewhere and i just it didn't really make sense at the time because yeah. like i'm not doing that i don't know what this means but i'm not doing that because i've got this job in kansas city and that's i've got some family there and then, uh, like two weeks before graduation, the agency in Kansas City rescinded their offer, 
And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe these dreams are, you know, sort of, you know, prophetic or sort of like spiritually directed. Yeah. We we don't really talk too much about, you know, spiritual beliefs and this and that. But, I mean, I've been, you know, a Christian since I was a a child and, you know, was sort of, especially my sort of last semester of college was starting to like, and look at that more seriously and take my faith more seriously. And um, yeah. so I was praying a lot about like, what should I do this? Where should I go? Is, is this, are these, do these dreams actually mean anything or am I just reading into them? And ultimately I decided they, they did, they, they felt sort of, you know, a, a spiritual direction for me. And I ended up moving to, to Arizona a few months after graduation and oh, um, yeah. sort of, you know, just was able to start this, whole life that I, I couldn't have imagined i you know met my you know to be wife about a year after i moved out here met just an amazing group of friends and was just able to really kind of reinvent myself um in a way that i probably couldn't have done um had i not moved that is amazing that's holy crap so like because there's so many variables you know obviously most of my dreams they just feel meaningless i don't know what's going on but at the same time, we can always interpret dreams to have that the greater meanings. And uh, the that's so awesome because you decided on that. And it, I, I imagine it did move your life into a more positive direction because of it. And there's all kinds of Christian mystics that t- uh, speak of dreams. I, I know of one. There was actually a live streamer. His name was Enoch, and I was telling him about this. I, it's like, have you ever read the Book of Enoch? It's a Christian book. It, it's like canon in some, or well, that might be the Book of Ezekiel, in some Ethiopian Bibles or whatever. But he had dreams. Like he would have visions. He would have yeah. like archangels coming down to him and talking with him about the future of humanity. Write this in your book, Enoch, because people of this generation are going to read your texts. And it sounds wild and it sounds crazy and insane, but I love it. I like, I eat that stuff up. That's like food for me. That's like spiritual food for me. The fact that you told me about that dream is spiritual food because it's, it, it gives me the sense that, yeah, maybe there is some sort of greater direction. We can call it God. People call it all kinds of things. Uh, uh, Christ consciousness, Krishna consciousness, Buddha consciousness, whatever. It's the same thing. It's like we have this um, spiritual geometry that's working in our favor so long as we, you know, um, guide ourselves through whatever (laughs) scientific principles allow us to be more aware of this greater this greater consciousness i don't know yeah sometimes it's hard to talk about though uh but do you do you consider the idea that um like what what you're doing now has like a greater purpose that you can't possibly imagine yeah i mean that's i think that's certainly my hope and i think you know i think for a lot of you know people that you know subscribe to religious or, or spiritual philosophy i think that's that's the idea that what like that our, our lives have some greater greater meaning beyond what we can see in front of us and so yeah. i think it's it's very easy or it's easier perhaps to look back on you know portions of your life be like oh well you know i i, I thought this and that at that point and then but i couldn't see it but then you get a few years down the road and you're like oh well if right. I hadn't gone through that experience, I couldn't have been prepared oh, for yeah. this. I wouldn't have been able to, to do this. And so I just, I just feel like our experience in Jardine Apartments was like guided in a certain way. Because I, I was so cool. Like I was a recluse over there, just like a hermit. And you, you and Matt Page were like just every day. Like it seemed like you were having way more fun than me. It seemed like that you got the picture better than me because you were inviting people over and I was just like mad all, and cynical all the time. I wasn't open enough to the, the college experience. And yeah. so it, you're right. Like in hindsight, we look at those things. And you, we, I guess we don't have to make it spiritual, but we can, but we don't have to. But we look at those things and we, we see like how we were then and then we see how we are now. By the way, you have a family now. Now that's interesting to me because I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> how has that changed your life? Like I'm sure that's been a magnitudes of change. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, pro having a family is probably the the biggest change since just uh, kind of moving uh, to Arizona from Kansas City. So, uh, yeah, I have a four and a half year old um, son named Stephen after my after my dad, wow. and then I have a uh, one year old daughter just turned one uh, oh, a few wow. days ago. Her name's Alexandra. Oh, not Alexandra! Wow, awesome. So how? So my sister always tells me it's like the hardest thing you can possibly imagine like it's uh, it's harder than you thought it would be because yeah. it's a child it, i don't know but it might be different for you like you because people are different like some people are over like really strict and worrying and some people are more lax i don't know like what's the experience ha, has it changed your perception of reality at all like ha, do you see things in a kind of like a slightly more compassionate way or a, a slightly more protective way I, has it changed your your perception at all? I mean, I definitely. I mean, as, as far as your first question, just changing your life. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, without question. I mean, you have these people that now depend on you for for everything. You know, for for, for money, for food, for security, for shelter, for all these things. So yeah, um, that's that's always on my mind. And then I think any any conscientious parent is thinking about you know you think about your own sort of upbringing and childhood and you know how things impacted you and i see these things you know coming out my children already i'm thinking well how can i like help them to, to deal with them and just mature as as people yeah and and help and support them and it's it's a it's a scary responsibility honestly just because i always wonder about that. i always wonder like okay so for me my my dad was super strict I don't know. My, my parents were really overbearing and, and, um, and, and it's not strict actually. Uh, their, their parenting style was, uh, kind of like demanding, but at the same time lax. So I always wonder like, how would you, what do you think the perfect, cause I always wonder, should I just be, just let them do whatever they want, follow their dream, have no kind of like, uh, tasks that they need to do like you need to start playing some piano now because you know yeah. you're really good at piano so maybe you'll be it's a skill set you're perfect for piano or like you really need to do some more i don't know programming because in the future because you might be thinking of it in a, like a logistical future where yeah. we're all programmers or, or something so you want your child to to live a good life so you want them to get a head start up yeah how 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 do you see it like or or i i guess it it you you take it as it comes i don't know no i think you really nailed it it's something i've been thinking about myself i i think back even to my own childhood where i'm thinking well god what like my mom and, and and dad and parents are always like, oh yeah, you need to you know go to college and get an education, right. get a degree, all this stuff. It's like, right. okay, that's a no brainer. But what they didn't say is, oh yeah, it's gonna be the most expensive thing you <laughs> buy. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you ought to take high school a little more seriously and try and get some scholarships because oh my goodness, if I had just you know applied myself an extra like ten percent, fifteen percent, I would have been able to get some scholarships. And, oh yeah, you know, massively reduce. That reduce the the burden of debt um yeah. you know i i ended up you know being able to find the, another way with you know with the gaming which is great that is but great. uh you know i i think that's something where i wish you know my parents had been at least made me more aware of what was about to come and and perhaps you know for for our generation it's just like more acute in our minds because you know the you know student debt crisis has just reached like endemic proportions um, and it's such a huge thing that, you know, I, I, I want my kids to go to, to college if it makes sense for them. But if it doesn't, you know, be open to doing, you know, other forms of sort of, you know, post-secondary education or, or jobs just at a high school. Um, if the alternative is to like, you know, just av help avoid them from going into, you know, soul life-crushing debt. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's a big thing. servitude. I, exactly. So that's. I don't know, kind of one of the things that I've been thinking about a little bit. And it's as interesting. Far as, yeah. Be, uh, because there's also another side, like raising a child has so many aspects to it. I can't, I'm glad I I don't have that in my life right now because I, I can't even fit my life together at the moment. So that has to like fit into place first. But I think about, um, 
I don't know. I was listening to another podcast, and they were becoming. They're like really strict on. They were like um, saying like I don't let my child um, like have a social media or like a look at yeah. a TikTok or like live stream or anything like that because you want too much attention. You're not going to enjoy life and stuff like. So there, there's that aspect to it. Like, what do you let your child watch? Some yeah. some parents. They don't care. Like they'll let them watch. Uh, what was that new Korean show with the Squid Games or whatever? Yeah, seven, yeah. six, seven years old. They'll be like, whatever. Like the, ch- the they're going to be exposed to that eventually, right? They live in society. the The violence will come. The nightmares will come. Um, it doesn't matter how long you delay it. And also, the idea is like, I don't know you delay your child from playing video games or something would that make him repressed like now now you now once they get like 18 years old now they'll just start playing video games all day and i don't know yeah that's it's a hard question right you're you're right we we live in a you know technologically advanced society these things are sort of around us always but certainly when it comes to, to social media uh, my wife and I's sort of perspective right now is at at the earliest when they're like 16 and perhaps not even then. I mean, there's just this abundance of information and data and studies and research to just show the damage that it that it does do to to young people. I mean, it does the same damage to adults as well. It's like it's like cigarettes, you know. Yeah. In, in in 20, 30 years. I mean, People can be like, oh, uh, the do- the doy, like, no, no kidding that that was not, <laughs> not good for us. Right, um, right. That's right. When yeah. it comes to when it comes to you know TV shows, you know my kids, you know watch TV, they play games, they they have you know tablets that they're able to use and have fun with. But uh, you know it, we're we're always cognizant of the amount of time, and it definitely he doesn't yeah. just get to, to just do whatever he wants on mm. these. You know, um, I understand. Your, your point you know at some point he's gonna you know be exposed to all these different things um and i would rather him be exposed around those you know with us at home first so we can talk about them yeah but uh good point yeah it, it at least in my view it can't be this just unlimited watch whatever you want play whatever you want there there are some things that a four and a half year old shouldn't shouldn't play shouldn't watch uh, he's just yeah. just not ready for those and so um we want to expose him to these things and let him have an understanding for sort of how they work in the world but um at the same time we have got um we want him to have a have a little bit of balance there and control so that he's not uh just unduly influenced these by these things i mean you think about you know yourself and i think about myself where it's it's tough to put down the video games it's It's tough to start watching I mean, can you now imagine like trying to teach that balance to a child? Like, right? No, that's good. No point. kidding. So many kids are so addicted to this. So, um, but the thing is, when I was a child, like I wouldn't listen to my parents if they said, "Oh, you shouldn't be playing," even though they were one hundred percent correct. Like, you need to be doing other things. You even if you just play video games, you're not going to even be able to. To make a living just playing video games you need to know how to talk to people you need to know how to like i don't know work a live stream and edit and all that stuff so it, it but even as a child i didn't want to listen to them like i yeah. i would have more easily listened to them if they said oh yeah you can hear like if they were maybe nicer about it like they would my dad would just like whip me with a belt if i did something wrong and yell at me and be like get off the Good video Lord. games yeah it was an awful hellscape in my growing up, though, you know, no one really does that too much. Anyway, it's lessening, I imagine. But if they were nicer to me, if they just like somehow tricked me into believing that video games were uh, yeah. not to be played all the time, like saying, look, you can do whatever you want. I This is how I imagine. I don't even know if this works, but I imagine oh, this, I... this might work better if, if you say like, oh, hey, you can do whatever you want. But I strongly suggest – it's just like every day I'd be like, yeah. I would strongly suggest you do something else because it's going to be better. Like you're going to – it's going to actually make you better at video games if you, I don't know, do some more prayer or meditation. Just sit silent for 10 minutes, you know, or yeah. you know, go outside and talk with some people instead of playing your video game for 10 minutes or read a book for 10 minutes, you know, like something really small, just like some sort of change up some way 
because I know for me, I was just cynical because because people just said that, like yelled at me, like said, you should do this or you shouldn't do that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's the best path. Maybe that because we always grow into whatever uh, direction uh, despite the circumstances anyway. But, you know, it's part of like our evolution in, in life is to is to take those aspects and like look at them from another angle and, and then transcend them, so to speak. But if someone, if there was some sort of wise sage guru person, like some sort of enlightened master who could walk on water or whatever, fly or, or something that, that gave you a friendly word, I don't know. It, it, it would make me feel like I could, I, it makes, it would seem like my life would have been better if, if there was more wisdom from my parents. And I think that's what our generation yeah. is, is better at. I, I would oh, say, yeah. I'd say I, we're I, doing I... a little better at that. <laughs> I think I think every you know sort of generation is uh, you know, it's a reaction to how we were raised as kids, right? And you know, I'm I'm sorry to hear about your you know sort of oh, yeah. difficult upbringing. I mean, no no child should be hit for any you know for any reason. And, exactly. You know, you you became the person you were in in spite of that, not not because of that, and so. Yeah. You know, what, what my wife and I strive to do is, you know, we obviously do not ever hit our kids. Um, but I think just beyond that, you know, we treat these these people like like people. There are there are children. Yes, they're they're young, but they're still they're still people. They're still souls. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we try to, you know, we, we have guardrails and rules and guidelines and things we expect of our children. But it's we don't swing swing in, you know, just like demanding. All right, here's how it's gonna be, sort of thing. You right. know, there's there's a conversation, there's explanation up to a point, of course, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause but I, uh, I get it. It's hard because I was around a, a child. Um, I don't know. I, I took a trip to England and I was with someone who had a child that was just full of free will, just like absolute desire. Whatever that child wanted, she would take it. And to the point so i get like at some point you just have to say stop and you do have to be demanding you have to it's it's a yeah. paradox it's such a paradox because you have to do that otherwise the child is gonna be a monster when, when they grow up yeah i think children like adults need some sort of rules around them they need some boundaries even as adults we have boundaries around us of what is like expected and allowed and normal to have a functioning society um i think kids need that as well mm -hmm. um and i think they do really well when when they have boundaries like my uh, my my one-year-old she's you know kind of too young to really get this sort of stuff but my four and a half year old you know we talk about you know like all right listen like this is your bedtime these are the things that you have to do before bed at this time um you know how he does them exactly is kind of up to him. As long as they get done, that's what's more important. But, yeah. you know, just so that he understands, you know, what's happening in his own world, what's expected, what's coming and when. Um, and, I, and I mean that to like a very specific degree. I mean, just tell it like we're taking a nap in two hours, in one hour, in 30 minutes. So it's never a surprise on what's going to happen. Yeah. We still might get down to zero minutes and it's time <laughs> to take a nap and he's still not super happy about it. But um, he's able to to handle that reality far far better because right. it was it was just an expectation. He knew it was coming. Right, that's what it is. Yeah, it's always it, it's sort of like how because my father was telling me like, oh yeah, you need you just need to get a job. Just get a job. You need to have you had a job yet? Are you gonna get a job? And the whole time I was like, ah. Uh, like I was still a child at 30 years old. Like I, I was saying, like I don't know. I can, isn't there another way I could go about this? Uh, so I knew it was coming. So the blow was lessened a little bit. If I didn't know if it was coming, I, I guess I, you know suicide is a, still a thing that people are t choosing to do these days. It's crazy. But yeah. it, it's because the press. It, it feels like the society that we have built has a lot of pressure around it. I always make the joke that like Earth is on hard mode 
because holy crap, <laughs> how many people just get into drugs, get into addiction, get in, yeah. you know, suicide and whatever. Um, or way worse than that, you know, like crimes among crimes, you know, and and we wonder like, there's, is there a way? Like that's why I got part of the reason I got into different philosophies, just wondering like, is there a better way we can we can interact with each other? And um, part of it, I feel like, is just silencing. You know, like people call it prayer. It's it's a devotional uh experience of god basically of the, of the universe prayer like you get into that state of being where you feel this bliss and you quiet your mind and all the distractions seem meaningless and life just suddenly magically becomes better i call it meditation though i do meditation it's a little different but it's the same idea as what these religious cultures were outcrop they were trying to create a better world in the future for all of even adults and children. Like they, they realized that the, even the adults were acting kind of like children. I, I just point to my parents, the, the, their parents before them and how that like trauma cycle continues. So I don't know. I got a lot of insight talking with you. It's pretty cool conversation um, because it, <laughs> we haven't talked in a long, long time. Yeah, it's been a minute <laughs> and i just knew i i just knew like i don't know i just had a powerful thought to talk with you because you you grasp the material world better than i did like you had a better grasp of how to because i feel like that's the future for a lot of people too is to see if they can find their own way to see if they can find like a, a more desirable approach to life than the treadmill, the rat race, the grind, the 24-7 yeah, yeah. cycle. Excel, there's still a little bit of that always. But the, the idea of like relieving the pressure. And I don't know. What other what other advice? Or, ah, is there anything else that you would like to say? I mean, to your just kind of last point there, I, I think yeah, people will, will, I think when they can, seek out, you know, some alternate way to you know, fund their life, you know, for lack of a better word. I mean, the, uh, you know, corporate America is, is tough and it, it's not for everybody. Um, and so whether, you know, you're, you know, you're doing, you know, something content creator, streamer, you know, Twitch star, um, doing reviews like I do or something else in between, or you just have your own kind of small business and, and, you know, a more physical setting, um, I think those are always going to be sort of desirable alternatives for many people because you sort of resume control for yourself and you have, you know, agency back in your own life where you may not have very much, you know, when you're just working for somebody else. And I think yes. even if it's harder work or it's longer hours, um, which it often can be, it's it's more freeing because it's it's your decision. And I think that maybe is, is the biggest difference for, yes. for myself and for a lot of people. Yeah, I love that. I like that. I like when people like spread that knowledge and are they say go for it and stuff like that because it makes it more believable and it makes it more uh, that believability is enough to not commit suicide. Basically, it's like it's enough to be like, yes, I can keep going. Like I can live my life how I want. How um, I was gonna say one more thing. Um, I don't know if you've ever read Meister Eckhart, but if you have time. He's like a he's like a Christian mystic. Uh, that's the only okay. reason I meant. If you find like one of his audio books, or I don't know, if you remember the name, if if you remember the name, look him up. Super insightful, changed changes uh, lives. He changes lives when people read him. But um, other than that, like, do you uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you? or Are you good? Yeah. So if you're if you're interested in kind of you know mattresses or home oh, yeah. reviews uh at naplab.com i test you know mattresses um and uh you know we we really go deep into all things about you know how the mattress performs in terms of cooling and motion transfer and sinkage and pressure relief and support and all these areas we run up or an objective uh battery of tests to sort of assess mattresses and then moderncastle.com we um Test and reviews for a broader range of home products with emphasis around vacuums, air purifiers, robot vacs, sofas, 
furniture, sort of the, the stuff you need for your home, but, uh, you know, the stuff that it's not always sure, uh, you know, what's what's better and, and what's going to work best for you. So we try to uh, do as, uh, as good a job as we can to create the most objective and transparent reviews for, for both those websites to help consumers make uh, better purchasing decisions. Holy hell, that's amazing. That's a service to humanity. You're helping people make the correct decisions so they don't have to, you know, wander around buying a useless, terrible mattress that they don't like and they spend all that time. That's great. It's Nap, NapLab? NapLab.com, NapLab yep. N-A-P-L-A-B. Derek Hales, thank you so much. Thank you, Jared. I really appreciate it. It was uh, it was a pleasure.